Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk about juicing. The difference between movement and exercise, which I characterize as exercise or non-exercise steps. And we think it's important to focus on both and we talk about why. We talk about does moving consistently throughout the day translate into better blood work? We talk about standing versus sitting. We talk about the critical importance of getting lots of fiber into your diet. If people ask me, you got a lot of different pillars, you got a lot of different things you want me to do, what's the number one thing? I'd say eat a lot of fiber, eat a lot of whole foods. We talk about how do we get our kids to eat healthy and what are some tips for how we get our kids to eat some healthy foods. It's a constant struggle and we need to be leaders and we need to do the best we can to get as many healthy things into the body as we can. We talk a little bit about what I call avocado management and we have a brief discussion about oils. Enjoy. Justin, I'll just say great to see you back at it. I see you got some workouts going. That makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, I just needed I just need to convert some of that redness. <laughs> Right. Convert some of that redness and, you know, make some orange. I mean, the, the way that the, that page works is if you have exercise, you have orange. But if you have no exercise, you have no orange. And you are uh, up and down. So I was really great and glad to see that you started running again. Look like uh, your heart rate is finding its way back. It looks like it's getting a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly is high. That tells us where your fitness is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, are, you, are you looking down at your heart not, rate? Saying, not good. Are you looking down and saying, "Holy cow, I'm out of shape"? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. At first, uh, the the most recent run was the first one I even looked because <laughs> I knew it was bad, so I didn't even look. I was like, "I know this is bad. I don't have to see it. I know it's bad." Cheryl, you've been there. I've been there. Emilio, have you been there? Where you know you. Uh... You look down and yeah. you know your heart rate's so high you don't even want to look? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure have. <laughs> but you know what, Justin? It's going to get fast. It's going to go down quick. So I'm really happy you're doing that. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about are juice cleanses. Is any Who's done a juice cleanse on the phone here? Cheryl, I know oh, you've done it. Who else? Oh, yeah. Has anybody else done one? Emilio, you done one? I haven't done a proper one. I mean, I'd like to, but I just never, yeah, I never really did the whole uh, juice thing. Hi, Jan. Have you done one? I'd like it. Yeah, I've not done one properly either. Yeah. Well, Cheryl is doing one right now. You're on what, day five of seven, Cheryl? This is, yeah, This I just finished day five. I've got two more days to go, Thursday and Friday. And it's actually, it's supposed to be two weeks, but I just, I figured I could probably handle one week. My problem is, is I wouldn't like half of the vegetables in there. I don't like meats. I don't like, I mean, there's so many things I wouldn't like. I would just gag. You would would gag? I'm just being real, real candid about it. I mean, if it were fruit based, but it's all vegetable based and that doesn't work. Cheryl, what is it? What's in there? I'd like to hear. So it's, it's called the 12 day smoothie slim detox and my friend did it after she had a baby and she really wanted to like kickstart her exercise routine and just, she needed to, you know, lose the weight, the whole thing. And so basically it's, um, 
it's a lot of it's it's every smoothie has spinach in it and i've got a blender you make everything yourself so it's it's mm -hmm. I, I went and bought everything like last friday and so everything has spinach flaxseed water some, some of them have kale and then um uh, a couple of them have had coconut milk, which was actually like really good. Like that made me excited to have coconut milk in a smoothie. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, so, um, but, and then it's either mangoes, strawberries, bananas. Um, it just depends on which one you're making. One of them had mint in it, like a mint smoothie. Um, or the one, to, the one I made tonight for tomorrow, you make, you make your smoothies for the next day, the night before. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, one of them had apple. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, I can't believe I made it this far. I never thought I would, to be honest with you. I thought I would fall apart, like, but I didn't. Well, it's interesting because when I think of a juice cleanse, I think of juice. It sounds like you are, you're blending, not juicing. Is that right? It's a, yeah, you're definitely blending. Yeah. This is like, everything's in the blender. I'm not, yeah, this is, this is, yeah. That Everything is, goes in. that in my mind is infinitely better for you because of the fiber, right? And the problem with juicing is that you lose all the fiber. And so I rare, like I might juice if I juice some beets, Jan, beets are proven to improve, uh, to improve, I feel like performance, uh, even mm -hmm. in cyclists, 15 and like 20%, something crazy. So beet, beet juice is great for you. But most of the time, juice that does not have any fiber is not great, but blending, like I make smoothies all the time and it, and you maintain the fiber, it is spectacular. So, and you're doing three of those a day, Cheryl? Yeah, I do three of those a day. And then the, the and I have a snack between breakfast and lunch, which is like um, some, some kind of fruit, like a watermelon or something. And then um, you get like a handful of nuts if you want like nuts with your morning snack um, and you can like mix it around. It just depends what you like. Um, and you can, or, or like you can have two cups of cucumbers for a snack and like a hard boiled egg or two tablespoons of hummus. Um, or another combination is fruit with like a half an avocado. Like see, and you get two snacks a day. So it's three smoothies and two snacks. So what are you doing um, for the nuts? Are you doing the nuts late morning? Yeah, I've been doing like fruit and nuts in the morning. So it's like, I mean, it's just a handful of nuts and like two cups of watermelon or whatever. But yeah, but like I do, um, uh, I, I did either sunflower seeds or I had a lot of almonds that I wanted to just eat. Are these are, are, these are raw? Yeah. yeah do they, they provide nothing. those? Or do you go out and oh, buy no, those yourself? You, you, all of this, you buy everything yourself. This is a homegrown do-it-yourselfer. It's interesting um, because you see so many you see so many companies out there that are doing these juice cleanses. And if you go to a lot of the juice generation type places, they'll have like their whole juice, you know, juice cleansing and they'll give you all the bottles. They'll just give you everything. Right. I much, yeah. much, much more like what you're doing. Do they give you like I, I usually don't focus on calories, but like I think a lot of people equate doing some sort of cleanse or some sort of fast with calories. Have you thought about, or do you happen to know an approximation of the number of calories that you're getting into your body every day on this? No clue. No clue. Not a clue. No. I mean, I just, I mean, and I don't, it's not, that's not really the point anyway. So I'm yep. just kind of going with it, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all fruits and vegetables and some, you know, so it's what I just told you. So 
yep. your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yep. And, and, and why did you do it? Why are you doing it? So I wanted to do, I'm starting training for the 70.3 in Arizona in October. And I that's just a half Ironman like for those that don't yeah. know what a 70.3 is. And, um, I just wanted like a reset and a cleanse. And I really wanted to see how I would feel, um, and what it would be like to be completely like detox like this, you know, whether it's inflammation or headaches or stomach or whatever. I just sinuses. wanted to see what my body would do. Sinuses. I just wanted to see what my body would do. Um, so, yeah. And how, and how have you felt and like, how do you feel it each day through? And how are you feeling day today? One, day one was, I'm okay now. Day one was fine. Day two sucked. Oh my God. Like I just felt like this disgusting. You just feel like talk. You just, you just know you're just getting all these toxins out of your system. Um, day three was a little, I was a little tired the morning of day three. And then by the afternoon, I kind of sprung back. Um, but I think that first, like when you're just flushing out your system like that, but that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see, like I said, I wanted to see what it was like, mm-hmm. you know, just to take everything out chemicals, you know, all of it. So we have uh, data on you, Cheryl, for years now, right? And it's fascinating Mm -hmm. to me because um, I looked at your data uh, and I emailed you about this a couple, right when you started. And I said, yeah, I can always tell what's going on in your body by your data. I can tell by your heart rate recovery. I can tell by your workout heart rates. I can tell by correlation of what you report, you know, and uh, your numbers, it's amazing, almost more than anybody I've seen, get so much better when you um, eat clean. Mm-hmm. And, and we can see it in all of Cheryl's numbers. And it just goes to show you that, you know, being healthy and what we put into our body for our gut bacteria and being, you know, and eating clean really does make a difference. And we just have some data to show it. Do you have a reaction to that? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, I don't have as much energy, I think, as, as I normally would because of what I'm doing. You know, like today's run was kind of hard, but it was also speed. It was a speed drill run. So that was a challenge. How, but, long, um, were your, how long were you? I saw you did some really hard intervals. How long were your running intervals today? What was the length of them? I didn't measure it. The total thing was like, the total run was 40 minutes. But, 42 um, minutes. I saw that. But like, I saw you had a bunch of intervals where you were going hard and then you recovered. How long were you going hard? Oh, what, was yeah. your, what was your time to recover? I was doing, um, well, it, it, it was mixed. I was going off my watch, but pretty much 40 seconds hard, 20 seconds rest for, for the most part. With like a 10 minute warm up and a, like a five minute cool down. Because I haven't seen your pace, you know, where it was today in a long time, actually. So even though you're probably, it sounds like, you know, again, I don't focus on calories, but if we under eat, we don't eat enough, we're going to be tired because we don't have enough energy and, and you're continuing to exercise through this. So you're burning, you probably burn six or 700 calories, you know, in your workout today. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to work out on this thing. You're supposed to like do like a half an hour walking or, you know, but half an hour yoga, you know, take it to rest. But I, didn't do that. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I think yeah. It, yeah, I think it's good you're not doing that. I think you know you may have to eat an extra smoothie or something. But uh, yeah. you're well, doing what like, you're doing. You know, when I when I like don't drink any wine. When I you know am careful with coffee, I drink a lot of water. 
and I eat pretty much unprocessed, you know, like 80% plus. Um, no, I definitely do a lot better. My workouts are better. I feel better. I sleep better. The whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like sugar, bread, like, the, you know, the good stuff, but you know, you, you take those things out of the equation and it, it does make a difference, but you know, but that, like I told you the email though, but you have to live as well. You have to, there's life. <laughs> there, there's so, life and it's about finding the balance where we're not on the extremes all the time, you know, either on the extreme of pigging out and drinking too much and eating crappy food or, or non, mm -hmm. uh, you know, food that's not nutrient dense, you know, so it's, it's about trying to be in the middle. I think uh, when it comes to that, uh, who has questions uh, about that or comments about what she's doing or a juice cleanse. This really isn't a juice cleanse to me. It's much more of like a smoothie diet with a few nuts or eggs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to echo what you said, Jim. It sounds great. Like, rather than doing a juice cleanse, that sounds like something I'd be much more um, into doing. I mean, I'd, I'd, my hard thing would be giving up the alcohol during that time because I'm, I'm probably not a good idea to drink while you're doing that. But well, I you do no, no, you do, you still own the winery. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like, but but I feel like. Um, it's great. I love the fact that you do the blender. I love that you do the fiber. It's, I think it's great that you're doing a little bit of nuts here and there, or you're allowed an egg. Like it sounds like a, a very healthy way to do this. Right, Amelia, what winery and where are you? Sorry, I didn't know that. No, 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 no. I, I, it's actually not a wine, winery. We have a vineyard in Argentina, oh. um, which is a currently a banned country. Yeah, and uh, is it in Mendoza then? It is in Mendoza. Yeah, it's it's super beautiful. Yeah, um, I've been there. Maybe not your wine, the winery, but I've been there. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, right? Because you've got the Andes right there, right near the Chilean border. It's such a beautiful. It's such a beautiful yeah. place. But that, yeah. Um, but Jim, that's not the reason. I mean, it's more just that I'm a wine enthusiast rather than in in terms of drinking. Right. Wine, that it would make it a challenge. But no, no. I I I think that sounds like a very cool. Um, I like it. I, I, I'd like to hear, you know, uh, how you feel after it's completely done. Yeah, well, the, the, it's supposed to be two weeks and I, I could have done two weeks, but I'm going to Turks and Caicos on Saturday. Oh, so yeah. don't, don't <laughs> I'm not doing this Turks and Caicos. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to keep that going on. Yeah, yeah not happening. <laughs> Man, turquoise yeah. is an amazing place. So, but yeah, I, I'll, you know, we'll see how I feel. And I, and I, I did weigh myself before I started. That was, that's not the point, but it'll be interesting to see if I did do lose weight. I have no idea. And now the real question is going to be, is it going to be, you're doing what you're doing now. And then the debauchery starts in turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually it's, I eat pretty healthy down there, to be honest with you. It's all like fish and veggies and we're, you know, we're, active so i work out every day so i should be okay how long are you I, on that really for uh, a week but it's all like i mean i eat like fish and vegetables and the breakfast is like eggs and fruit and you know um it's just the bread that's the that's the i'd like to try and stay off the not have any bread when i'm down there that's the one thing i'd like to avoid right so we'll see not, how that goes <laughs> it's not like you're going to italy no no this is not really a foodie trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It'd be all bets that would be off. I was going to Italy. I'd be <laughs> drinking wine for breakfast. Yeah. 
Well, well, the great thing is that you're getting some unprocessed food into your body and your body clearly is reacting to it well. And hopefully you're feeling more energy and uh, just feeling better overall. I think that's important. Cheryl, have you noticed any difference in your sleep? Uh, yeah, well, actually, you know what's weird? My sleep has been a little fitful. I mean, I'm a sleeper. I, I mean, I, I go to bed at seven because you know, I get up at three. I'm gone. But what's weird about this is like I've had kind of crazy night sleep. I don't know what, what that's about. Um, that's the part I haven't figured out. Like maybe I'm just dreaming really deeply or something. I'm not really sure. Well, dreaming is good. Dreaming is good. A lot of times doctors will ask you, are you dreaming? Has your doctor ever asked you that? I get asked that every time I go to the doctor because they say it's good to dream. And if we're not dreaming, we might not be in the place of sleep or the, I'm not, I don't know exactly how it works, the level of sleep or whatever, where if we're not dreaming that when we dream, we get huge benefit of flushing all kinds of fluids through our body and cleaning out our brain. So, and sometimes I have to think about it. It's like, no, I, I haven't. No, I don't. I can't remember any dreams, but then sometimes you remember them. So I think dreams are good. Anybody have a comment on that? Emilio, you know anything about that? Yeah, no, I, it's REM sleep. It is really, really important. Uh, and yeah, sometimes you can notice when you're overtired and you fall asleep right away and you just shoot right into REM sleep. It's your body telling you, you get, better get this REM sleep in. Yeah. I heard that on uh, Sanjay Gupta's uh, book. Shereen and I were listening to that. Awesome. And he was talking about that. Did you like the book? Yeah, we're not finished, but uh, yeah, it was really good. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of the things we talked about. Yeah, that we've been talking about for a long time, actually. It's a great book. It's a health book. I recommend that everyone read that book or listen to it. Cheryl. I, I loved, Jim, I, I liked it a lot. I, I read it on your recommendation. I thought it was great. It, what was your biggest takeaway from the book? I don't know. I love the focus. I mean, I my biggest takeaway, I mean, it made me want to go. I mean, it basically went over to my parents' place and told my dad he had to read it because I felt like he was violating many of the, the rules uh, set, set out in the book. Yeah. And uh, he's in the sweet spot for that because he's, you know, he's in his seventies and he's uh, pretty sedentary, but can be coaxed into um, uh, being more ambulatory and uh, can be coaxed into eating better. And I, you know, so I, I, I thought it was, um, there was nothing completely surprised. I'm trying to think if there's anything that really surprised or shocked me. I don't think there was, but I liked having that all in one place. And I liked how he tied it all into um, kind of brain fitness, not just, uh, you know, heart fitness or the other things we think about. Yeah, the only thing that really surprised me in the book was the University of Utah study that he talked about where he said that people that sit for more than eight hours a day have a, that study concluded something like that people have a 33% greater risk of early death. Right. Yeah, but I'd heard that before. I mean, again, I'm very sensitive about that one because I feel like I sit much more than I should, despite all the times I'm active. Um, I've been working really hard the last few weeks. For you, Jim, I know you always get like 20,000 steps a day. But what happens to me is on the days that I don't run or sometimes on a, the day I don't run on a weekend, I don't get even 10,000 steps. So I've made it my new goal. I'm on day 18 of just making sure I got get 18, I get 10,000 steps a day, even though many days I get much more than that. 
it's weird that sometimes, you know, I'll look and only get 5,000 steps a day if I'm not really on top of it. So I'm, I'm on a streak right now. Love streaks. That's a great job. I would say that regarding the movement is that I, I measure things between exercise and non-exercise steps. So if you went out and ran your 10 miles and you got 17,000 steps, and then I said to you at the end of the day, how many steps you have? You had, you'd say 19,000. I'd say, well, how many of those from running? I don't know. We'll look at 17,000. That means you got 2,000 steps the rest of the day. That's not enough. Yep. Right. Yep. So I want you to have 7,000, not 10,000. I'll take 7,000 non-exercise steps. Yep. And I, and I want you to not have, I want you to have six or less hours where you don't move 300 steps. Okay. No, that's good. I need to work on that. So, but I have a chart. If you want to hook in, I know you haven't hooked in, but if you wanted to hook in, we could hook you in and uh, then you could just, you could just go look at it. I don't need to look yeah. at it it's for you, but then you could just see where right. you're at. Right. Are you wearing your Garmin when you walk? How are you measuring your steps? Which watch? Uh, yeah, usually it's my Garmin. Yeah. So let me know if you want, want to hook in. Okay. Some, some people on this call use that. Uh, I use it. Uh, it does motivate me because I just know when I move more and move more consistently that I feel better, have more energy. And I, I know for me, it's all about not getting sick, right? People ask me, what was the coolest thing you had before you got sick or the, the, the gallbladder certain thing or whatever? What was the coolest thing about having 500 days straight? Well, the coolest thing by far is the fact that I could actually do it. I'm not hurt and that I'm not sick, you know? Yeah. yeah. But Cheryl, we cut you off. You were, you were talking. Did you want to oh. say anything else? No, no, no. I thought the steps thing, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it, it's the other thing I was going to say, you have ups and downs. Like after I ran today, I kind of felt sick. Um, probably just because I, I probably don't have enough calories. In that, me. That's but, definitely um, the reason. And then when we feel yeah. like that, we feel like we're going to throw up. Right. Yeah. You. But um, no, I mean, I just think, like I said, I just want to use, it's, I wanted to see what I would do. And I also want to use it as a template because I've never been a, juice or a smoothie person but i'm gonna give it a shot and see what happens um but uh well, i was gonna say the 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 exercise non-exercise steps is that that's on your app right it is it is okay so it will oh, if, if you I look at the top are you still getting the email alerts i think you are right i haven't checked yeah. but i'm assuming you are yeah like you know I, I i care i don't really care what the exercise steps are you know you hear these steps challenges right and you know these company steps challenges and somebody's like ah oh, i get 20,000 steps a day right or i get or i get 10,000 steps a day i don't really care about total steps because some people ride the bike some people swim some people do different things and so to me like it's a misnomer and apples and oranges to compare different people but what we can compare is if i went out and ran 6 miles and got 12,000 steps and you, Cheryl, went, uh, you know, on a bike for an hour, right? I'd have 12,000 more steps than you. And uh, like, that's not really comparable. But what is comparable is how much we move when we're not exercising. And, and the number one mm -hmm. thing I saw in people that I've coached for years and years and years is that people that exercise tend to not move throughout the day. Very little. Emilio, so I think your focus on that really makes a big difference. And Sanjay Gupta talks about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so, easier. I don't have the excuse of being in an office anymore, you know? So it's like, I really have no excuse. Yeah. Look, one has to believe that we do need to move when we're not exercised. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, you know, before I started to read all this stuff years and years and years ago, the reason I started to bifurcate between exercise and non-exercise is because I'd have that conversation with you, Emilio, and you'd only have 2,000 steps the rest of the day. And yeah. you'd be like, yeah, I got 19,000 steps. That's good enough. But meanwhile, you'd have 10 or 12 of the 16 hours that you were awake where you weren't moving. Right. And now that's just not healthy. Mayo clinics, all these places say it's just not healthy. Yeah. So I want you to be accountable to that chart. 
That's what I want. I will be. I do. There is part of me also that does wonder about the science and the studies only because you have to wonder about the, you know, again, I, I, you know, just like you, Jim, I do a lot of tracking of my, um, you know, numbers uh, and, you know, internally, meaning, you know, all, all the numbers that you get from a blood test. It'd be really interesting if you ever tried to align that, like, I'd like to see if the, any of that stuff really shows up anywhere, you know? The answer is, I think it depends. Yeah. I, I, I look, I do think getting your blood work measured is really important, but you know, I think there's only 2% out of range in the high and low end. I think it's something small like that. Yeah. So, so when I used to go to the doctor, my, my cost, this is like 10 years ago when I worked at Goldman and I weighed 40 or 50 pounds more, my doctor, and I always exercised, but I ate like crap, didn't sleep enough. And you know, my doctor would always say, oh, your blood works fine. But right. when I look at that now, it was not fine. It just yeah. happened to be in this ridiculously near yeah. uh, range of mostly unhealthy people. Right. No, right. So, That's, cor- That's right. So Agreed. I think just looking at blood work is just one of many ways to me, blood work, you know, is meant to identify problems. And even for me, when I had the gallbladder tumor, my um, my markers for my liver and, you know, my pancreas were all fine. Right. Although I think back to like a year and a half ago, I got a fever for a couple of days and they were really bad. That's probably when the tumor started to show up. And I, we just didn't know it took us that long to figure it out, you know? So, but it is about how do you feel? It is about getting the muscles electrically activated by getting up and moving about right. muscles, not having the muscles atrophy in your legs. You know, a lot of the things that are really important. So I think there's some of this stuff that just can't be measured and it really needs to be measured by how do you feel? I know that I feel a billion times better when I get up and walk around. And I, I know I got moved in my house from one location where I was standing up at a workstation to my family saying, get out of here. It's you're annoying <laughs> to coming down and sitting down now. Cause I don't have something. And I know when I stand up, even from sitting from this call, I'm going to feel like I'm 50 years, 80 years old, you know? Yeah. You're already 50. I'm 51. Now. I know. I can't believe that. You, know, you caught me on that. <laughs> but Jim, you're right. I mean, the whole movement thing, and it's, it's interesting. I've tried to go back to the office at least once a week. Hmm. And interestingly, I find that I find that I walk around because I have the stand-up desk in the office. Right. And as you know, I've talked in the past when you're on a call, it's more than just standing up. It's sort of, you know, you kind of burn a hole within your carpet. Right. Yeah. Um, or it's, you know, taking the long way around if you're going to the bathroom, taking the steps up to go to the office, you know, some of those silly little things. But I find that I do get, you know, more movement throughout the day, right? I mean, if I'm in my house and I, it's easy to go out and, you know, do two, you know, four miles or whatever in terms of walking, you know, at a brisk pace. But like you said, if that's all you do all day, that, that doesn't really achieve the goal you want done part of the goal, but not all of the goal. Right. And the differentiation of you going out and getting a brisk walk, if we were to put a wearable on you, which we haven't, but if we did, you know, you're breathing heavy a little bit, your heart rate's elevated. That's exercise. That's important, right? Strength is also important, but then there's just a movement. You know, if you look at Apple, the way they define it, they'll say, if you have a, it's, it's, it's any point when you walk briskly, when your heart rate is elevated above a normal walking pace. Right. right? And, and so like, I think standing, standing workstations are spectacular, you know, I remember I was I remember that uh, maybe 10 years ago, um, I tried to do a self-analysis when I was developing this whole program about when I 
like was getting hurt, when my muscles were the most sore and I reflected on everything. And I had two young kids and on the weekends, we were always walking around with our kids everywhere. And so I remember one Monday thinking, you know, when do I feel best? Well, I never have these problems on the weekend. Why? Oh, because I'm moving. Right. And then when I come into work, I sit all day. So I, I said to somebody at my company, I want to get a stand up workstation. They're like, yeah, whatever. So I set up these boxes, <laughs> like, like trying to like figure out how I could just stand. Right. And I, I was right next to a conference room that like external people would come into. And I had that stand up workstation there for a long time. And finally, the guy that ran my office at the time came in and says, you know, this look, it looked horrible. But I still I wasn't getting stiff anymore because I was standing. Right. And I, I wasn't sitting as much. Maybe I would sit when I felt like it or to eat. But mostly I was standing. And he's like, how much is it to like get you a stand up workstation? I was like, 500 bucks. He's like, go. So I was the first person in my company to have the stand up workstation. And it's just amazing how much better you feel when you stand. And Jan, to your point, like I do yeah. try and I come up with in my mind, I call them expeditions. Like what expeditions can I create? So if I'm in the office at work, I'm going to go like maybe walk around the block and pick up a juice generation shot or something and take mm -hmm. the team out. Or I'll walk around the office and talk to people. So I'm standing up. Right. I find that when we move around a lot more, it makes us a lot more productive, too. That's right. I mean, and, and when you do have your conversations, you're right. Um, even sometimes, you know, we, we get, in a, or I get in a bad habit, whether I'm at home or, or at the office of, of like grabbing a quick bite, quick bite to eat. But I've tried to do that a little bit more standing than sitting as well these days too, you know, at lunch or, or breakfast, not necessarily dinner because, you know, again, it's just not that much time right now to, to grab and go. Yeah. And let me, let me just, um, I think that's great. I think it, it's different for every person. I know for me, when I would go into the office, I would have my oatmeal plus five plus four and a Tupperware. I could yeah. stand and eat it. But when I would go for a salad, I found that I was just making a mess over the floor everywhere. So I would just <laughs> sit down. Right. And, and I think that people obsess too much, even for standing versus sitting the extremes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they, I think they feel like, Oh, they should stand all the time. That's not true. If you're standing more than what you would normally have, done that's a good thing and i think that my my split between standing and sitting is probably like six out of eight hours maybe some days eight out of eight hours some days four out of four it depends now i'm the annoying guy this is really annoying but like if i have a like a meeting like i'm with a bunch of lawyers and i'm in a big conference room i'm the guy walking around the conference room you know what i mean like i don't want to sit so i'll be pacing in there and some people look at me like i'm insane and some people you know what they do they get up and they start walking around you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but jan i still would like to see you get a wearable device and make yourself accountable uh, i'm just going to say that i know you're not ready i know you don't like to wear the watch emilio there is an email function on my app when we get you connected we should just talk offline where you can say you know what i know that i don't do a good job moving around 11 a.m i don't do a good job moving at like 3 p.m and you know what? Maybe I want to get a final report of how I'm doing at 10 p.m. so I can see how I did for the day. So I can then, if I did bad today, I can do better tomorrow. And you can decide when you want it, how many minutes after the hour. And, and, and maybe people don't want it every hour. I got people to get it. My brother gets it two or three times a day. It's just something to think about there. So anybody else have any other comments on the, the, the smoothie cleanse? I'm going to call it a smoothie cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that you thought I was doing a juice cleanse the whole time. Well, I'm so glad you came out and talked about it because it's so much healthier to get fiber. If, if, if people come to me and they say, hey, Jim, 
I know you got all these pillars. You got the sleep and you got the movement, you got the exercise, you got the stress, you got the time management and planning. And you tell me you want me to eat unprocessed food, blah, blah, blah. Just tell me to do one thing. What would you say? And you know what I would say? Eat a lot of fiber. Because if you're eating a lot of fiber, it probably means, and not like fiber that's in a package or a TV dinner, but like fiber from whole foods, right? If we do that, that is spectacular for our body and for our gut bacteria. What would other people say? Yeah, hey, Charlie. Hey, I'm just joining this conversation, but the topic is actually something we're discussing in our home. Well, let's hear what you're discussing, Charlie. Uh, Charlie Charlie and I went to high school together with Justin. In fact, Justin, who's on this call, did you go to elementary school with Charlie? No, we just went to junior high together. Junior high. And Charlie was in a band with my brother, who is a lead guitar player and now a professional musician. Charlie is a great musician. Okay, Charlie, I gave you a little intro there. Go. Thank you. My 11-year-old uh, needs more fiber in his diet for to keep things moving, shall we say. So yeah, I'm, that's one of the bene- greatest benefits of fiber is it can keep you regular. Although, let me just say this. When we go from a very poor diet, we're not eating a lot of fiber, to eating a lot of fiber, it takes somewhere between 7 and 30 days to get over the hump. And so you might actually get one might actually get constipated until like all of the foods and the fiber and the roughage can make its way through the body. So sometimes it takes a little time. Understood. And, and people get bloated. And the reason that people don't get through switching from a poor non-fibrous diet, a highly ultra processed or processed diet into a kind of more of a whole foods plant-based diet, mostly plant-based, doesn't have to be all plants, but just whole foods, mostly pure foods is because they can't get over the hump of the bloatedness. Understood. I'm just wondering where a good, uh, good place to start would be besides Metamucil because I won't even drink that stuff. I remember when I first had Crohn's disease and I was diagnosed and I was still figuring it out in life how to do things, I, I would take Metamucil. Um, and now I realize that was the stupidest thing I could ever do. Um, I, I would like to see your son just turned 11 yesterday. That's right. Happy birthday. Thanks. I would I would like to I've, obviously I would like to see people be holistic and I would like to see people not be on Metamucil. I would like to see them get it from foods. Right. So what does he eat? What does uh, he eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner. He's got carbs that he must choose to balance with a fruit of some sort. Fruit on the bottom of yogurt doesn't count. So he has to have a piece of fruit with the carbs that he loves for breakfast. The rest of the day, uh, he's, he's very much a carnivore, prefers meat. Sometimes it's meat only for dinner for him. Okay, so uh, it's very hard with kids. Uh, like, I think that uh, you, you want to be trying to get some more fiber and more fruits into, into his body. I agree that the Dan and Cherry yogurt, which I love, used to love more than anything. It might have one cherry that's got some fiber in it in there, but, you know, isn't, isn't everything. Like, so what I do for my kids every morning is I absolutely make them fruits every morning. And each of my kids like something different. I try and make them a fruit bowl that has three or four different fruits. So this morning I made uh, maybe four blueberries, four red grapes, half a kiwi, a couple slices of banana, and maybe a couple slices of pear. And you know uh-huh. what? That's safe. T- that's that, like, that's nature's candy. That stuff tastes spectacular. And that all has a lot of fiber in there. Mm-hmm. So um, what fruit is he doing? Like just one fruit in the morning? Uh, he usually picks a banana or berries of some sort. 
Okay, well, that's ahead of most people. A lot of kids don't even do that. I would, instead of having a full banana, I'd cut them like a quarter banana and try and get them to have a few other things in there. Right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, we've been splitting a banana, actually, so you're right on. And then you could make them a smoothie or something. My kids now make their own smoothies. that They just take a handful of greens because uh, you can't taste them. My kids are not going to put greens in a smoothie unless they can't taste them. Right. And then they'll, they'll put in, you know, like uh, we buy frozen strawberries and mangoes and peaches and cherries and all that stuff. And that's good. The other thing that we did for our kids for a long time is we create this thing called a taco bowl. And that'll have in there some combination of corn. We usually cut in some avocado uh, and beans. Beans are really good. And beans can make people really regular. But again, he might go through a period where it's bloating. But if you could make them a bowl of corn, even if you just make corn, beans, maybe some, you could even use some brown rice or quinoa and some avocado in there, just mix it in. That Uh would do wonders for him. Okay, that's good to know. We had some of that stuff in the house already. What about apples? Apples are spectacular. An apple a day, I try and eat one. Yep. Well, yeah, for fiber, like, and honestly, like that, I mean, I was that kid, Charlie, just, you know, like I was that kid when I was eight. I had stomach problems. So I had to, like, adjust my diet when I was a child. And apples is one of the things that I, that they put, and I love, I love apples. You know, I mean. They're one of the best things on the planet for us. Except don't eat the seeds. Ironically, we work at Genevieve's Orchard all summer, but Alex is not much of a fan of apples. You know what I would do? I would. Tr- there are different types of apples that are different. I try and because I'm trying to get 30 different plants into my body a week. So when I go to the store, I buy one Gala apple, one Cosmic apple, one um, all different kinds of apples. Yeah, right? yeah, it's an antique apple orchard, and so she uh, knows which ones are the sweet ones. Okay. Yeah, you you could try that. I love pears. I like, you know, uh, I love red grapes. I used to think they can't be healthy. You know what I mean? But they are great. Green grapes, anything. Who else wants to add to this conversation about their kids? Uh, Jim, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big challenge. I'm a huge, you know, going back to what you said, huge fan of fiber and always amazed that so many people don't include fiber in their diet at all. Because it's all about the gut bacteria, right? At the end of the day, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's all about gut bacteria. And if we're treating our gut bacteria the right way, they say it's like a second brain, basically, that sends all kinds of signals to your main brain, right? Um, uh, and also going back to what you talked about, about how do you feel? I mean, forget about your numbers or anything you can measure. How do you feel during the day? And I think um, for good gastrointestinal health, uh, fiber's you know, super important. Now the challenge is how do you get your kids to do it? So, you know, you already mentioned the fruit. Um, one of my kids every morning, it, I was, I, I thought it was funny when you're saying, you know, a few blueberries and a few grapes, my Jasper has probably about uh, 300 blueberries, uh, in the, in the morning. Um, but, that's what Michaela uh, used to do. Right. Used to car, go, we used to car blueberry Michaela. Right. Just load up. But the two things that I, you know, found are really great for myself and for the kids, chia. Uh, I don't chia know if is spectacular. Chia, but that's Let's talk about chia. Easy way to get a lot of fiber in quickly, and it's got a lot of other health benefits. And and again, doesn't have a strong flavor that would put people off too much, hopefully. And then the other big thing is that I don't have to force it all. Is uh, we have taco night, and going back to the beans thing, you know, you, you, just by setting up a really easy 
uh, taco bar where people can put their own veggies in, whatever they like, don't like. But the mandatory thing is the black beans. So, um, and the kids love that. Um, it's just a really easy way to get them to eat. And they make their own tacos and they get the so beans. So what do you lay on the table? I'm curious what's in yeah. the bowls because that, yeah. that is a great idea. Yeah, so it's, it's black beans, it's tomatoes, it's lettuce, it's cilantro, it's onions, it's jalapenos. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, avocado? Avocado always, yep. And that gets eaten, that they love that. Sometimes guacamole, right? What kind um, of tortilla are you doing? Are you doing corn or are you doing flour? So the kids do flour and Elizabeth and I always do corn. Yep. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is six or seven different plants right there. Remember, it's about getting plants into your body. Yeah, and it's one of the, ironically, it's one of the only things that the, you know, the kids will, will all like. I mean, we do it once a week because it's the family favorite. It's the one uh, dinner that the kids cheer instead of uh, deriding. Yeah, Charlie, you were going to say something? I'm sorry. Yeah. Is there one kind of bean that's preferable over another? We usually do pintos, but I love black beans too. I think any type of bean is good. What I try and do is change them up. And my treat is like, I have a, I have a veggie bowl that I get at Chipotle and I always ask them to add uh, a half of black and half of pinto. And I'm always like, and when I have my daily bowl of food, I usually have garbanzo beans in there, black beans. I try and change it up because every one of those has different phytonutrients. And you want to get, I measure it on a week, and you want to get all kinds of different plants into your body on a weekly basis, preferably 30. There's evidence that people that have 30 or more different plants a week, and you can have a salad that has six types of greens. That counts as six. Okay, mm-hmm. my bowls have like 20 usually because I put the greens in there. I put all the pea, beans, corn, peas, different types of colored uh, tomatoes. All that is spectacular, but they say that people that have at least 30 plants a week, they get depressed less and they get sick less. So it does make, and they are much more regular. You know what's funny is when I got my Crohn's disease and I was in the hospital, what happened to me, I first got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Doctors told me, you know, maybe you got to be really careful with roughage. So I went like 10 years with not a lot of roughage. That's when my weight trickled up every single year and I got unhealthy under the hood and was hospitalized 10 different times for flare-ups. Since I changed my diet and I went to a whole foods uh, diet, you know, I haven't been hospitalized once for Crohn's. I rarely, rarely ever get sick. And so it really does matter. So Charlie, just do, do a taco night like that and do and, and, and just try and have different fruits around and cut up small amounts of fruit. And instead of having the 300 blueberries, have, you know, 10 blueberries like i sometimes I have to count the blueberries in the bowl just say they oh do you eat your fruit yeah i ate it well i know i put four in there and there's still four blueberries in there <laughs> hey jim hi shruti hey so on the on the topic i started doing something during the pandemic which was i got sick of cooking so many meals a day but uh so the one thing that i did was um uh, started a concept of Buddha bowl, which is I put out some, you know, usually I make some kind of kidney beans or something for the kids. They used to be rice, sometimes white, sometimes brown for the adults. They used to be quinoa and then whatever vegetables I might have at home, which is, you know, sometimes broccoli, just sauteed with garlic, sometimes uh, Brussels. By the, by the way, garlic is one of the healthiest things that we can eat. And 
I can never get enough garlic into my body. Uh, so mm -hmm. I actually take a garlic supplement. Um, uh -huh. And I don't know if it works or not. The verdict is out whether or not uh, supplements work. But I do take like a, a garlic pill a couple times a day. Keep going. Well, we we have so much garlic in uh, Indian meal that I think uh, I think we are the other extreme. I think uh, oh, too much garlic. I don't know if there's a thing like that, but I don't know. But it it helps because. I just I just saute out whatever vegetables I might have at home and then they just pick whatever they want and as much as they want. And sometimes there's tofu and and other things, you know, and uh, it turned out to be pretty, um, you know, a pretty wholesome meal, I thought, uh, for a while at least. But uh, that's another, you know, one thing that that kind of helped me get more vegetables into the into the meal. Great. Emilio, any comments? I like it. <laughs> I like it too. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's about variety and it is about Charlie trying to get as many different plants into your kids as possible. Again, you want to be in the middle. You don't want to eat too much meat. You want to have a balanced plate. You know, you want to have different things on the plate and the more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds you can have. Doesn't mean you have to be a vegetarian. Doesn't mean you have to be a vegan or a paleo or a keto yeah. person or whatever. It's about fiber. Hey, you guys, I'm going to run because right now all I can think about is tacos and Buddha bowls. Oh, that hurts. So, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> all right. Good night. Bye, Good guys. talking to you. See you later. Yes, we've been trying to go do more vegetarian meals um, for the last month, two months or so. So that's gone pretty well. We're just trying to limit our meat. So we've been. Everybody's been pretty good about eating vegetables, and you know we're trying to trying to look at places to find <clears throat> good ideas. You know, um, forks over knives. They have some um, uh, cookbooks that uh, that have a lot of wide variety of different types of totally vegetarian meals you can make. Yeah. Um, those are vegan, probably. No, they were vegan. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but um, yeah, we've been doing that. Um, so that's, it, that's it, been it, helpful. The kids have done it. The kids are fine with eating the plants. Yeah, and they make they do their own oatmeal in the morning. They make it, so they're getting older. You know. You know, so they can kind of take care of some of the stuff themselves, which is good. But yeah, they're my, on board. They like it. Yeah, my kids make a lot of uh, guacamole. You know, we always have <laughs> time. We, we call it avocado management, you know, where we buy a bunch of avocados and then we continue. We check them every day. And if they're ripe, then we put them in the fridge and you get another two weeks out of them. But we constantly have enough avocados to keep everyone in the house going. And avocados is one of the greatest things you can eat on the planet. It's one of the healthiest things you can eat. And it tastes so good. But a lot of people, they say, oh, I don't like avocado because they had a bad, bad avocado experience. If you if you manage it the right way, it's not stringy. It's not bad color. It's not overripe. It can be glorious. So, Charlie, what changes are you going to make for your son? What are you going to do? And some of this might be that you have to make changes.
Yes, absolutely. Um, I bought a big bag of quinoa, and I've been researching eating quinoa for my breakfast. So I might sneak that in with some of his fruit uh, as I start making more fruit bowls for him. You could do that, or you could do what I do for breakfast, which is the oatmeal plus five plus four. Did you ever watch that video that I put out about that? I don't think so. I would recommend that you have oatmeal plus at least or, or, or five fruits, you know, five different fruits, a couple blueberries, a couple raspberries, a couple blackberries, a couple strawberries, a couple slices of banana, little oatmeal, and then we put ground flaxseed on there. That's one of the healthiest things you can eat on the planet and really good for regularity because it's got so much fiber, including the ground flaxseed. The ground mm -hmm. flaxseed doesn't taste like anything. So my recommendation would be have that for breakfast and try and get the quinoa in at lunch or dinner. Oh, Okay. What else are you going to change? Uh, we're uh, we're shopping for uh, for watches right now, as you know. So when are we going to do that? I know we spoke about that a week or so ago. Is there a holdup or uh, what are you uh, thinking? Well, we're doing research. Alex and I went up to the local Apple store today and we got the lowdown. And I think that I've decided on the SE for him and myself. The phone or the Apple Watch? The watch. Okay. The Apple Watch for 11-year-old is going to be harder to maintain, for sure. And I think you're only really wanting it for steps, right? So you really might want to do the Garmin you know, thing that has a year battery right. versus an Apple Watch. Because okay. the problem is that when people have to charge it every night, it's just really hard. And it makes it on you. And you're not always going to remember. Because I know when I my kids tried different things, even when they were in a Fitbit, it required me to charge it every three days. Whereas if they just had the Garmin thing on their wrist, has a year battery, they never have to take it off except when they take a shower. That's probably the best. I think a watch right. is going to be hard for an 11-year-old. Unless, yeah, unless he's sophisticated. He might be. That's a good point. I, I did like your recommendation. And now that I think about it, I'm really enthralled by the uh, walkie-talkie feature. You know, just being able to check <laughs> in with him. No doubt. And John has one watch, and he's never used that walkie-talkie feature with me ever, even though I was excited about it. That's my brother, John. <laughs> So, right. yes, maybe an Apple Watch down the line for him. Yeah, that's a good point. But if you and I have it, we can go, <laughs> Charlie. Uh, so, anyway, I would like to see you get going. I know you're still in your shopping phase, but I do think that accountability is important. And, you know, one of the things that I think about is, like, we've been talking about this now for a while. And I've always said, do it when you're ready. But I would like to push you a little bit to say, let's get moving, Charlie. Genevieve what's, your comment, has what's your comment? Oh, Genevieve has decided on the 245. And so I guess we all kind of know what we want now. Great. When Genevieve gets that set up, let's get her going on the app. And, you know, we I'm happy to have another call with you and her to go through kind of, you know, some setting some goals, getting you set up on the app and then make you guys can make yourself accountable. What is the intermediary for the app? I mean, can you do it all on the watch or should it be on her computer as well? So for her Garmin 245, there is an app on her phones. I think you mentioned she had an Android. So she yes. just downloaded the Garmin Connect app on her phone. And her then, phone. Uh, yeah, on her phone. And that's the Garmin Connect app. And Garmin Connect has a way to beam Bluetooth-wise or whatever the data from the watch directly onto, the, uh, onto her phone through the app. Then what happens is once they that data is sitting in Garmin Connect, I have a uh, partnership with Garmin where if people, when they log onto my app, agree to share their information 
with me, then that information gets beamed to me and then I can store it and interpret the data differently than Garmin interprets it. Right. Okay. I'm look, uh, as, as an athletic coach, I'm looking at it from an athletic perspective and as just a uh, health and wellness person, I'm looking at it from a movement perspective and how frequently people are moving. Makes sense. That is a conversation for you and her. But now that I know how it works, it, uh, uh, it, that'll make it easier for us to do our part. And the way that Apple works, if you got an Apple, once you go and uh, sign on to my app, and we haven't released this yet, but we're getting closer, um, and you authorize me to get all of your information, you give me the permissions, and you sync your device, there's a button on my app that just says sync. After that, you can close my app, and it, we can just give you your data. So then we can just push these reports to you, and you don't have to go on my app. If you want to go on my app, you can. You can get it more timely, but you know there's a refresh feature in the background where Apple sends the data to us every hour automatically, and which I love. And you're probably aware that I accepted your invitation to help develop the app, and so, so that's happened. I was not aware of that. I will have to go and send you something else. Okay, so I got a, a welcome email from Apple, and I read through that, but uh, just waiting for further instructions, boss. Okay, <laughs> I will send you, I have to send you a link to download it from Test Flight, but I think we should wait until, until you, well, actually, we can do it now because you have, you, you have an iPhone, so I'll send it to you. Sounds good. Okay, um, so Charlie, time to get going. Um, and good luck with your son. The more plants you can put into them, the more fiber and roughage you can put into them, the better. Yep. And it does require you as the parent to lead in that regard. These kids are never going to do it on their own. They're just not. Right, absolutely. Anybody else have anything else they want to talk about? I have two things. <coughs> Jim, sorry. No problem. Vishal has a question. Is refried beans better than what beans? Black beans. Black beans. Well, the answer is it depends. I used to eat this. Oh, I remember in college. Justin might remember I'd eat these refried beans and I'd put like a whole tub of sour cream on them. Uh, I don't do that anymore, but you got to read the ingredients in the refried beans because a lot of times refried beans, it takes a while to get them to that point. And often they will have other added ingredients that I tend to try and avoid now, like hydrogenated oils or other things. So mostly I would say that the refried beans that I love um, are probably not as healthy as just black beans that have nothing in them except maybe like a, uh, like a salt. But it depends on what the ingredients are. You might get lucky with the refried beans, but I suspect they're not as healthy as just the raw beans. Emilio, you want to jump in? Any comments on that? Yeah, and you could have refried black beans too. I, I think you're right. Just stay away from the extra oils that would be put in there. Try to get, you know, try to get something with no... Uh, added ingredients and that's that's the problem there are refried beans though because i i know because i've looked where you can get where the ingredients look fine and they yeah. don't have some you know but but definitely be aware and stay away from the oils i think that's a big uh, that could be a whole topic of a of one of your conversations John. yeah we should talk about that next we week about oils. about oils right the problem with oils is that they often heat up oils and they use the cheapest possible oils and then they heat them up and then they become carcin. They could become part carcinogenic, but the, the less ingredients, the better, right? So Vishal, I would say read the ingredients. And if there's a bunch of ingredients in there, preservatives, sometimes you get added sugars in there, you get other oils in there. 
you know, be careful. And that's the thing about nuts too. That's why I want people to have raw nuts because when you see roasted nuts, right? They roast them in these oils and they use the cheapest possible oils. And I used to see people, including myself, that I'd eat a lot of like roasted almonds, roasted things. And I would never feel great after um, because they roast them so that they can stick the salt to them. It's better to just have raw nuts. Emilio, do you have a comment? I can see your face when we were talking there. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting. And I know, I think you, you, you can't eat soy, right? Uh, I, I've been trying to work my way back into some soy. I, I don't have a problem with soy. A lot of people think soy is really bad for you. I don't agree, actually. I've just been trying to be diverse. I had some edamame yesterday, and I do have allergies to soy, so I am feeling it today. And I, and I was like, why am I feeling Oh, because I had some. But, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with them. Okay, okay. The, the only reason I brought it up is because um, we found a really tasty way where you take raw almonds and roast them. And have some a uh, little bit of, of good, you know, you could soy sauce like anything. You can get good soy sauce and bad soy sauce. Yeah. But source that well, and you just without having any oil, you've got a little bit of soy sauce mixed in, and then you roast the almonds in your oven pretty easily. And yeah, you guys do that. I forgot. Every time we come to your house, you'd have these great roasts. If you can roast them yourself, and you know yeah. you have high quality oils that have. I guess it's not a smoke point, but it has that they don't become carcinogenic. That's different, I think. Yeah, and they're very tasty, and the kids will even eat. That's a, going back to the kids thing. You know, the kids will even eat those soy uh, soy sauce almonds, mm. and you know that's all that goes into them. It's raw almonds that you roast with a little bit of soy sauce. Right. Does it become carcinogenic? Have you done the research on that for the soy sauce? If you yeah, eat it too not, much, it's not supposed. I mean, there's nothing. There's no evidence that says that. I I don't know. I'd have to do a, a you know. Maybe I don't know how many people are doing that, so maybe it's not, it hasn't been test, tested. I don't believe so. Um, you know, and again, I guess if you were going to use an oil, you'd want to use like an avocado oil. Probably be your best bet. Yeah, I just never feel good with any of those oils when I heat them up. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people when they first start working with me, they want to lose a bunch of weight and they start to eat a lot of vegetables, but they they put so much like olive oil on a skillet and then they cook it for a long time. Right. And uh, when I, when I see people do that, they tend not to have the greatest reaction in their body. And sometimes they don't lose weight. I, I, I feel strongly about, I mean, I, I'm an olive oil fanatic. I probably well, olive oil is great. If you're not heating it up, particularly I, if it's extra virgin I, olive oil. I, I love olive oil and I put it on absolutely everything. Hmm. Um, and do you heat it, do you heat it up too or no? But I don't cook it anymore. Yeah, you don't cook it. Why? Because you didn't feel as good or why? Oh, no. Yeah, because I worry about that. I mean, I, I you know, I think uh, avocado oil's got a much higher smoke point And mm -hmm. usually that's kind of our go-to um, oil to heat things up. And the smoke point is the point by which it, it becomes dangerous, right? So it can be cooked to some level of heat. And then beyond that, it before smokes. It and when it smokes, it becomes cars, it becomes dangerous, right? Right, before it changes the composition of the oil, right? Right. Before it changes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, I had a question. When you're roasting nuts, like I never put oil because the nuts have their own oil. So I've beyond a certain point, it just like, you know, sort of extracts its own oil. Absolutely. So yeah, no, that, that's right. It, exactly. So that's why we we I never roast nuts with oil. But you do put uh, you do put soy sauce on them and roast them sometimes for flavoring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But sometimes you'll just roast them without anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you could put salt them afterwards if you want. So Charlie said, "Is the Mrs. Bragg's product a valid substitute for soy sauce?" I think generally Mrs. Bragg's is a, is a high quality 
type of oil. They do apple cider vinegar. They do a lot of different things. Is that the one you use, Emilio? No, no, I use, use? Sauce, but but I have seen that. That's like that amino, right? It's it's there. Yeah, the aminos. I never know. Like I yeah. don't eat it, but people do eat it. Yeah, and I and to your point, I I, I mean that's what that's their apple. There's always a giant container of their apple cider vinegar in in our cupboard. Yeah. Which, I'm a big fan of. So I, I agree with Jim. I would trust them, but I haven't specifically looked into those amino acids in terms of, you know, heating them or anything else. Shruti, anything else? About uh, test flight, I'll, I'll text you separately. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're still playing around with some stuff. So, um, Anybody else want to talk about anything else? I got to take off, everybody. Thanks, Jim. Nice to talk to you again, Justin. Yeah, Jim, I got it for two. All right, uh, guys. Great to see everybody. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.